welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it's <laughs> everybody knows I'm a Wizards fan, and the NBA draft was on Thursday. When we drafted Yuri Hachimura, for people that know and people that follow me on social media, they know I went ballistic, man. There were so many people on the You had Cam Reddish on the board. You had Nasir Little on the board. You had Bo Bowl on the board. You had P.J. Washington on the board. There were so many people you could have chose, and they chose Ruri Hachimura. If I'm saying his name wrong, I apologize. It is what it is. But it took me a couple days, and I was, I was, oh my gosh, I was upset. But it took me a couple days, and it took me, I had to, I had to be level-headed, and I had to think. That was a good pick, and let me tell you why. So for the the, the NBA, like like I said, the NBA draft was Thursday, and there were a lot of, a lot of storylines. See this this NBA draft. Outside of maybe the top four or five players, there weren't really any, to me, game game changers. It just depends on where players went and, and which team. Outside of Zion Williamson, who to me is once-in-a-generational player, John Morant, who is who was clearly the best guard in this draft, R.J. Barrett, who before the season or before the college season last year, he was projected to go number one. He was projected the best player out of everyone. Outside of them, I didn't really think that there were too many, too many players that can you can draft and be immediate right now. However, a lot of teams did really good in this draft. Now, a lot of teams was like, what the hell? But a lot of teams did really good in this draft. And, of course, we're going to talk about the winners and losers. We're going to do an analysis of what I, some of the best draft picks and some of the worst. Of course, I'm going to talk about Haruchimura and the Wizards at 9. And then for my unpopular topic of the week, I'm going to talk about the free agents and what is the best landing spot for a couple of free agents and what is the worst landing spot for a couple of free agents. Again, this is the Unpopular Podcast and I, and. I want to thank you guys for listening. The Pelicans, see, I talked about this last episode. This was the first time I've ever seen two teams, to me, win a trade for a superstar. When you trade a superstar, the team that usually trades a superstar always loses. You look at, um, <laughs> look at any situation where the superstar was traded you usually lose that that uh that the trade look look at uh boston and look at cleveland when they traded kyrie irving kyrie irving goes on while cleveland cleveland ain't ain't getting no better and boston didn't really you know do much but cleveland still lost that trade so when Anthony Davis requested a trade for the Pelicans and ultimately got traded to the Lakers, yes, Anthony Davis is the the superstar, but the Lakers got so many draft. They got what three future draft picks, including this year's fourth pick that turned into DeAndre Hunter, and the Pelicans did a lot. Now we'll talk about that fourth pick, but. One thing that 
what we talked about last episode is not only did they get the three future picks, but they got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. All players that can contribute now. Yes, they have some deficiencies. Josh Hart, um, he he's a solid defender, but he's not the greatest offensive player. Lonzo Ball is a great defender, but we all know he his shot is terrible. And Brandon Ingram, while he's not, he, he hasn't really improved to me. But still, in a new system, a new place, uh, with Zion Williamson, <laughs> the Pelicans are in a good spot. And for the Lakers, while they're, their future is still kind of in flux with uh, LeBron James getting older. Of course, Anthony Davis, his reps came out and said he's expected to sign a long-term deal. But as we've seen, that anything can change. But you have Anthony Davis. He's a superstar. Anthony Davis is one of the top five, when healthy, players in the league. So, again, I, I, I felt that both teams really came out great in this situation. Fast forward to this draft, and as we've seen, I don't, I don't know any outside of Zion Williamson, which is on the Pelicans. I, let me say this. Zion Williamson is a once-in-a-generational player. And to get Zion Williamson, and then they traded the fourth pick to get the Hawks eighth pick which turned into Jackson Hayes from Texas, I believe. And how... Oh, they also got the, the, the 17th pick, which they traded, um, which is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. The Pelicans, to me, they won the draft before the draft even started, but they had one of the best drafts Knights. You got Zion Williamson. You got Jackson Haynes, who now paired with Zion Williamson is one of the most young, athletic front course, back course we have. I'm sorry. No, front course. I'm sorry. Front course we have in the league. Plus, you have Lonzo Ball. You have Brandon Ingram. You have um, Josh Hart. You have Drew Holiday. I don't think that's a playoff team, but. They made all the right picks that they should have made. And as we've seen, they did a, they did a great job in the draft. Another, another team that did a really good job in the draft, to me, were the Bulls. The Bulls have needed a point guard for the longest. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a UNC fan, but they've needed a point guard for the longest. As we've seen, Zach Levine made a jump last year, but or made a jump maybe last year or the year before, but they need a point guard. Zach Levine is not a pure point guard. Chris Dunn hasn't done much. And they don't, they don't have a point guard. Drafting Kobe White, who is a score-first point guard, yet he can still pass the ball and he can get Zach Levine off the ball, that, that in and of itself helps the Bulls tremendously. No, this is not going to propel them to great heights. But getting a point guard like Kobe White, who a lot argued is the most polished point guard in this draft. That is that that to me is the most one of the best picks out of the entire night. Just because of the fit. Yes, there were better players on the board that 
that could have went before, at seven. But Kobe White is an improvement, especially for a position that the Bulls need. And the Bulls have needed for a while now. Yes, we th a lot of people thought that getting Chris Dunn changed everything, but a lot of things that plagued Chris Young in high I mean in college plagued him in the in the NBA and he hasn't really improved on that. He hasn't proved that he can be a starting point guard or a franchise changing point in that. He hasn't proved that he can be a starting point guard. I feel and clearly the Bulls felt that Kobe White is a lot better than him. And with him being a lot better than him, that's going to that's going to open up a lot for not only uh Zach Levine but Wardell Carter or Wendell Carter, I'm sorry, Wendell Carter Jr., who they drafted last year. That's that's going to do wonders for that team. No, 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 not even in the East. They're not even the playoff team. They're not even going to be close to being a playoff team, if you ask me. But that does help, especially for the future. Another team that did really, really good in the draft were the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks uh, trading the eighth pick to go up to four to get DeAndre Aiden. And they also got Cam Reddish at 10. We'll talk about that 9 and 10 pick in a second. But getting Cam Reddish at, so pairing Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter with uh, Trey Young and J John Collins, that is a young core that you can build with. DeAndre Hunter is a great defender. Uh, he's not the greatest offensive player. However, Cam Reddish is not the best defender, but he's a really good offensive player when he's on. You're paired with uh, Trey Young, who I think will finish second in MVP this or Rookie of the Year this year, and and Jason Collins or John Collins, who is a young, explosive forward. They have a lot of building blocks that they could use. That is the Atlanta Hawks, and <laughs> I I think that they have a lot to build on. The thing about the NBA right now is the NBA is in flux. You don't know who's going where. Uh, you have some of the big free agents who we'll talk about a little later. But the NBA, the NBA to me is going to look drastically different next year. Even if Klay Thompson and, and Kevin Durant stays, they won't play majority of the year. They won't play majority of the year next year due to injury. Kevin Durant probably isn't playing a year at all, and Klay Thompson can come back towards the playoffs uh, or towards maybe February. The NBA is 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 going to be different. And a lot of these players, while I don't think that they're a lot of them, quote unquote, game changers, I do think because the NBA is going to look different, they will make an impact. A lot of them, especially the top three, make an impact day day one. Uh, we can talk about R.J. Barrett, who <laughs> the Knicks have had a have a history of doing the wrong thing in the draft or not even just the draft, doing the wrong thing, period, whether that's. Trading Kristaps Porzingis, whether that's shipping off Jeremy Lin after he had the best, you know, season of his career, whether that's trading the whole the kitchen sink plus the whole kitchen for Carmelo Anthony, the Knicks have or the the uh, Phil Jackson situation. The Knicks have always done something has has always done the worst thing that they can possibly do. And a lot of people, I I knew that R.J. Barrett was should have been drafted third, and hopefully was going to get drafted third. But you never knew with with uh, New York. This shows that they they know what they're doing. 
no, that doesn't show that. They, this shows that they did something smart. R.J. Barrett t- could possibly, he's not the best player in this draft, but to me, he's the most NBA ready with his skill type, his body type, the way he plays. He is the most NBA ready, but he's not the best player. Zion clearly is the best player, but he needs, he has some polishing to do. He has to lose, to me, he has to lose a little bit of weight. Uh, his defense, while his on-ball defense and his relentless, relentlessness is off the charts kind of like what clay thompson does i'm not comparing clay thompson to defense to zion williamson but one thing that clay thompson does or that needs to improve and zion williamson does the same thing is when they're playing off the ball defense they kind of get caught ball watching which a lot of players cut you know either back cut or or get free of them now their recovery is out of this world, but that's that's some things. Is Zion needs to work on a couple things. Of course, we're still we're deeming him the greatest player or since LeBron, and he hasn't even stepped foot in the NBA, which I don't know. But R.J. Barrett to me is the most NBA ready player in the draft already. So with the Knicks drafting him, we heard reports that Knicks are thinking about trading the pick or they're thinking about uh, trading the pick for a couple players and a couple draft picks further down. No, you pick R.J. Barrett. You already traded Christoph Porzingis because you already know that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's coming there, even though reports are now that Kyrie Irving is, is pretty much a done deal to go to Brooklyn. And especially with this injury, we don't know what's going on with Kevin Durant. You needed to draft something that's a sure thing. And right now, to me, R.J. Barrett is a sure thing. R.J. Barrett is a left-handed player who, can, of course, is ambidextrous. He can score on both sides. I think him playing with Zion Williamson really dampered, or dampered his game. Now, yeah, he does uh, hold the ball a little too long. He does make some poor decisions at times, but that's college, and that's a young player. And I think the NBA will groom him to be a better player, and he's already a good player, so... That's that's just a win-win. The Knicks needed to draft RJ, especially alongside Kevin Knox and uh, Trier and Mr. Robinson. They have the 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 central theme of what I've already said. With, of course, with the Hawks, with the uh, Bulls, with the Knicks, is they're young. They have a lot of young, talented players, and. With those young, talented players, while they're not, they're still going to struggle and they're still going to be towards the bottom of the league, except for maybe the Pelicans. And I don't think that, I think the Pelicans have enough talent, especially with Drew Holiday, to make the playoffs in the West. No, I don't, because the West is tough. They're going to be an exciting team. I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're playoff ready yet, but they are an exciting team. And just like, the, of course, you can throw the Pelicans in there. They're all young. So while no, I don't think that they'll be knocking down walls now, but uh, all these teams have cornerstones, or to me, cornerstones and and pieces that will, (laughs) that, that they can build on. Hell, Bulls, you have Kobe White and Zach Levine. Hawks, you have, (sighs) Hawks, you have Trey Young. You have... DeAndre Hunter, you have Cam Reddish, you have John Collins. 
Um, of course, we already talked about everybody that the Pelicans have. You have a lot of solid players, and that's just that's that's going to do wonders in the future. Now, of course, the management still needs to continue to develop the players and get better and, and continue to get good players around them and maybe some solid vets. But the NBA is in a especially in, it's in a good hands now, but especially in the future, it's in great hands to me. The NBA is is young, it's exciting. And especially with this year's free agency, we don't know what the hell the NBA is going to look like even next year. So I, I think I, so a lot of these teams made some good picks. And now let's talk about <laughs> the Washington Wizards and Rui Hachimura. Like I told you, or like I said to start the podcast or start this episode, I oh god I hated this pick so so bad man I I hated on him I was I'm not I'm I'm going to fess up to I hated this pick this pick oh my gosh I was and I think what what made it worse is who was still there you still had Cam Reddish you still had PJ Washington you still had Nasir Little you still had Bowl Bowl. There was so many. You saw like Kevin Porter Jr. There were so many players that to me had higher upside than than Yuri. And they do have a higher upside from from on paper. They do have a higher upside than Yuri. Now, if you looked at Yuri in college, he's a solid player. He's not the greatest scorer. Well, he's a good scorer. He's not the greatest shooter, especially from three. He's not the greatest defender, but he is. He's a solid, solid forward. He's a solid. He's like a. He's like a. He kind of plays with less less excitement than he. He kind of plays like Joel Gillette, No, he kind of plays like Jabari Parker did in college. Just less excitement because he played for Gonzaga. But he's a solid player. He can sort of shoot outside. He can kill you from mid-range. He's a great mid-range scorer. He's a great low post scorer, even though he's undersized. He's a good low post scorer. He's a good post defender, but he's not a good defender out in space. He can get better at that. And God, I hated this pick at first. And, and like I said, you go to my social media, you go anywhere. You saw that I killed this damn pick, bro. I was upset. And then I thought about it. I, I took a couple days to think about it. And this is why I think now it's a good pick. Yes, Cam Reddish, to me, has a better upside. Nasir Little has better upside. Bol Bol has better upside. Kevin Porter Jr. might have better upside. Depends if he develops a lot more. But what Washington needs is something right now. We don't have a GM. John Wall isn't walking through those doors uh, for the next maybe year and a half. Bradley Bill is continuously in trade talks. And we have so many bad contracts with Dwight Howard, even though, as y'all know, I'm a huge component. I'm a huge fan of Dwight back in the day. But Dwight Howard's contract's terrible. Jan Mahimi has the one of the worst contracts. And John Wall has the worst, to me, contract in the NBA. 
compound that, there's a lot of dysfunction and a lot of uncertainty with Washington. While Cam Reddish and Nasir Little might have more of upside, currently, Rory is a better player than both of them. If you saw Cam Reddish last year, he was one of the he was one of the leaders in turnovers in the nation last year, and he and he barely touched the ball. I mean, I'm not gonna say barely touched the ball, but he was a third option. He struggled. The whole Duke team struggled, and he was probably their best shooter, but he still struggled shooting the ball. He struggled making decisions with the ball. He struggled, um, definitely struggled playing defense. He just he struggled a lot. And with Cam Reddish, especially last year coming into college, he was the third. He was ranked the third best player. A lot of fans, including myself, expected more from Cam Reddish. Now, no, I'm not a fan, but I expected more from the projected third round pick. And what we got was just a lot of inconsistency. Of course, that was the first time he played as a third option. And he clearly did not relish in that situation at all. But I expected more from Cam. And with Nasir Little, and that is that is the team that I, I root for North Carolina, Nasir Little cannot shoot. He cannot shoot at all. Nasir Little continuously was lost in space. Nasir Little struggled with fitting into a system which is North Carolina Nasir Little struggled he, 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 he looked young he looked like a player that has never been coached he he got he is one of the most athletic players in the draft he's one of the most again his upside is out of this world especially if he develops a jump shot he has an NBA body he has an NBA ready body his athleticism like I said he's one of the most athletic players in the league I mean in the draft so that's what I was looking at when I, and then that's what all I was thinking when we didn't draft Cam Reddish, who went a pick after, and Nasir Little, who I think went maybe 20, 25th. Now, when, if you look at it now, I said all that to say Washington needs something now. Washington needs not only a player that is solid now, but hopefully a player that we can develop that we can we can groom to be a good player. And while, like I continuously say, Nasir and Cam probably have a higher ceiling, Rory is a better player now. And I feel that he, alongside with Bradley Bill, is a, is a, is a solid player. And while a report came, well... Um, while the Washington didn't, Washington didn't, Washington's going to try to resign, um, going to try to resign, what's his name? What the hell is his name? Jabari Parker at a, at a, at a, at a cheaper price. Cause I don't, th I don't think probably, you know, Jabari Parker right now is a high commodity, but Rory alongside Jabari Parker, especially offensively, because Jabari Parker's trash defensively, but offensively would be a what to me would be a a good a good person to match them up with because they played a lot like each other in college, and it's good that another the other pick that we had was Admiral Schofield from Tennessee. He along he is a to me a shorter version of um, 
Bobby Portis, who's also on the team. He, alongside with Bobby Portis, to me, is a, is a great, great situation for him to be in. Uh, hopefully, Bobby Portis don't go stealing off on people like he was in Chicago, but Admiral Schofield plays a lot like Bobby and plays plays a lot like the Bobby Portises, the Julius Randles. And I think though I think right now the the players that are on the Wizards are uh, while their contracts are trash, it would be it, that's a good that's a good place to be, you know? And while while his the Rui doesn't have a high ceiling, but he's a good player. His he hasn't reached his potential, of course. He hasn't played a damn NBA game but he's a solid player and right now he would he would be really good for Washington and, and, and it took me a minute to think about it because like I said I went crazy once we drafted him I'm like yo what the fuck yo Cam's still there Nasir is still there what the hell are we doing like I was I was going crazy Bo Bull's still there what are we doing and now you know I had to think about it that was a good draft pick that was a good draft pick. We could have been, we could have done better, but it wasn't a bad draft pick. Let me just say that. I wouldn't have been upset if we got Cam Reddish. I wouldn't have been upset if we have Nasir Little. I'm not upset now <laughs> that we drafted Ruri Hachimura. If I'm if I'm butchering your name, my fault, bro. It is what it is. Before we move on to uh, the unpopular topic of the week, which again I'm going to be talking about the NBA. Uh, NBA free agency and some like some of the best spots and worst spots for our draft picks. We're going to talk about the Mike Conley trade. So Mike Conley got traded from Memphis to Utah and and Memphis got a bunch of draft picks and Jay Crowder. They got Ricky Rubio, who who's a good. Well, they, they got a lot. This is another one now. To me, Mike Conley is an underrated player, but he's not a superstar. But this is another one that both teams did really good. Utah needed a player, needed a point guard that... Donovan Mitchell, to me, is not a point guard. Donovan Mitchell wasn't a point guard in college. And while he played alongside Ricky Rubio, he played point a lot of times. He had the ball in his hand. And with him being the only offensive player most of the time that can create his own shot... Donovan Mitchell was hampered a lot. Ricky Rubio did all he can do, but he can't create his own. He's he's not a, a, a solid offensive player. Jay Crowder's not a good offensive player. Um, Joe Ingles is a, is a great shooter, but he can't really put the ball on the ground. So it was Donovan Mitchell or nothing, and we even saw that in, in the last two playoffs. Donovan Mitchell was great, but the team around him couldn't score. Now you insert... Mike Conley, who is a who is a great underrated scorer, he's a solid defender. He's one of the best on-ball defenders as a guard or point guard that we have in the league. Now Donovan Mitchell can definitely play off the ball where he's flourished at since college. So I think that was a great, great, great draft pick. I mean, uh, trade for Utah and for Memphis. They needed to do that trade, not only because Memphis is, is searching for, for an identity. 
they've been the the grind house for the for the for the longest. But with Tony Allen gone, he's retired. But Mark Gasol, they traded him away, and now they traded uh, Mike Conley, who was pretty much the last of that era. They're looking for fresh fresh newness. You know, you got Jaron Jaron Jackson, and now you draft John ja Morant. They're looking for the. And, and alongside Jaron Jackson and John Morant, you have some solid vets now. You have Ricky Rubio, who can pretty much guide John Morant along well. You have Kyle Anderson. You have Jay Crowder. Grizzlies did a Grizzly. Both teams did really well in that trade, and I think that it's going to do wonders for both players. I mean, both teams. Now that you have um, John Morant there, you have young and excitement. With John Morant and uh, Jaron Jackson, who was first team all-rookie last year, Memphis has has something to be excited about. They didn't really, for for a long time now, yeah, they were the grindhouse, and yeah, they had some long staples that's been been on the team for the longest, and Mark Gasol and and Mike Conley, but they they weren't good enough to win no playoff games. Or especially now, they they first of all they weren't good enough to make the playoffs. But even if they made the playoffs, they weren't beating nobody in those series. So this is it, it was time for change, and 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 they did well. Grizzlies did well in that trade. Uh, Utah did well in the trade, and Grizzlies also did well in the draft. A lot of teams did good in the draft. Um, before before I talk about no, you know what? Let me let me talk about some teams that did horrible in the draft. I am a North Carolina fan. I said that early in the podcast. I say that all the time. I rep North Carolina all, everywhere I go. So when Cam Reddish got drafted. I was excited. I said, let's go. Cam Reddish got drafted. Not Cam Reddish. When Cameron Johnson got drafted, I was excited. I was like, let's go. Cam Johnson got drafted. Then I, then I sat back and thought, hold up, hold up. And I looked at it and I said, hold up. Cam Reddish got drafted, uh, or Cam Johnson got drafted 11th to the Suns? Huh. Hmm. Let me tell you why this move didn't make a lot of sense to me, and why it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yes, it is. It, it's pretty much discussed that Cam Johnson was the best shooter in this draft, especially from beyond the arc. But you, tra- you traded the sixth overall pick. To the Timberwolves. And. You traded. TJ Warren. To pretty much. to As, as pretty much a salary dump. You traded TJ Warren. Who was a really good player. When he's on. When he's on. To draft Cameron Johnson. Not to mention. The 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 Suns also picked. Let me let me let me check before I to make sure. The Suns also picked. I need to. 
Whew, I need to I need to make sure I'm a hundred percent. The drone the Suns also picked. Well, the Suns the the um seventy sixers drafted twenty fourth. Who are in discussion? Who traded to the Celtics? Who are in discussions trading that pick for to the Suns? So you pretty much had the twenty fourth pick as well. Cam Johnson was considered the 36th, 37th best player. So you would have still had him. Let me tell you some names. Or let me just name some players that were drafted after Cameron Johnson. That could have helped. <laughs> that could have helped Phoenix as some of their worst positions, i.e. point guard, i.e. power forward, because uh, DeAndre Aiden plays center i.e. shooting guard now that you trade tj warren well not shooting guard small forward let me tell you some names of people that drafted after cameron johnson romeo langford tyler yero pj washington uh, nasir little um kevin porter jr what i'm saying is you had a lot better players that you could have drafted before Cameron Johnson. And you would have still had Cameron Johnson at around 24. Or the pick that you didn't trade. Let me let me get to that. Let me go to that. The pick that you didn't trade. Or that you're currently in discussions of trading with the Pacers at 32. Oh. What I'm saying is Cameron Johnson would have been there any other time. You drafted somebody, so why would you draft him at eight, at 11? Yes, he might be the best shooter in the draft, but you are you have one of the best shooters in the league in Devin Booker. You trade your second best shooter in TJ Warren as a salary dump. What you know? You can't teach. You can't. When you're a poorly run organization, it shows. And it shows with, we don't know what the hell Phoenix is doing. We don't know. I don't see the direction they're going in. I don't see what they're doing. I don't see who they're going to. I don't see. Wh- I don't see any height. I don't see any light except for Cameron. <laughs> except for. Devin Booker, there's not much to be excited about. It, I, I just, it does, it baffles me, and I do not understand what the hell they were doing. It, it's, it doesn't make sense. Another poorly run organization that made a terrible draft pick, if you ask me, was Cleveland at five. Yes. Darius Garland is one of the best players in the draft. Yes, he was projected to be, before the season started, to be the best point guard in the nation. Now, yes, he only played, I think, like five, four or five games, but in those four or five games, he showed that he was the best point guard in the nation. So I get drafting him at five if 
you didn't draft a point guard in Colin Sexton last year. Cleveland needs a lot. Cleveland needs scoring. Cleveland needs youth. Cleveland needs good players. And the one thing that they didn't need was another point guard. And the, the funniest thing was when the GM came out and said that they're going to try to do uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum type situation with both um, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. He thought that was going to save them. Fuck. First of all, Colin Sexton is not as good as CJ or Dame by a country mile, especially offensively. Darius Garland is... <laughs> Again, poorly run organizations make poorly run decisions. And... It's... um. Hmm. That's just a decision I, I, I didn't understand. It's a decision I didn't understand. That's a decision I, I didn't get. I didn't get. And lastly, going into last season, we expected the Celtics to be at the mountaintop, or at least one of the teams at the mountaintop fighting for the NBA Finals against Golden State. You had Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, um, and Al Horford. All healthy, um, ready to play. We look at that draft and look at everything that went wrong for Boston. Kyrie Irving didn't gel with damn near anybody. Nobody wanted to play with Kyrie, pretty much. Gordon Hayward, still, they, they forced, fed Gordon Hayward, and he wasn't ready. And it showed all year. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum regressed. Marcus Smart got injured towards the end of the season. Al Horford was their only constant. And he is declined his player option and is pretty much seen as, yeah, he's going to a different team. And um, now Kyrie, they're not going to resign Kyrie. And on top of that, they thought they were going to get Anthony Davis. And they could have got Anthony Davis if they would have added or added Jason Tatum in a package with all their draft picks. I understand why you didn't add Jason Tatum because he's like the future of the organization. But they had, I think, five draft picks in the next two years. No superstar now because Kyrie's gone. Well, Kyrie's not really a superstar, but no superstar because Anthony Davis isn't there. No star because Kyrie Irving's gone. Um, you have a, a rising star in Jason Tatum, but, but he played like pure ass last year. So you had all these draft picks, and let me tell you what they did with these draft picks. You get Romeo Langford, who is coming out. He has something wrong with his hand. He's a solid player, but he's still dealing with injuries. 
you trade, you get Grant Williams, who is a good player for Tennessee, but he he's still undersized. You you also get let me you also get Carson Edwards via trade from the 76ers who also had an ass load of of picks this draft and you you draft Trenton Walters that is all to be said that not one of those in fact none of those players collectively you can put all those players in a pile talent wise they're not even close to Anthony Davis. And it's not just Anthony Davis. I was one of the people, I don't know if I said this on the podcast or I said it off, but I was one of those people that they need to start trading those picks, man. At the end of the day, they're just picks. And those picks turn into players. And those players, some of those players doesn't might not work out. And some of those players might need to, like, when you have a superstar at your door or you have a, a chance to get a superstar when you have all those draft picks, you need to capitalize on those draft picks and trade them, trade them, or <laughs> do what the Celtics did. The Celtics had the worst year possible, and it's not just on the floor because they had a decent record, but nothing. Remember the trade they had with Brooklyn back back in the day with Paul Pierce. Uh, Paul Pierce, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Kevin Garnett and all them, and they pretty much stole Brooklyn's future. Remember when they traded for Kyrie Irving? If you look here today and you sit here today, look who is in a better position. Brooklyn is in a much better position than Boston right now. Brooklyn has two max spots. They have they just made the playoffs. They have D'Angelo Russell, who even if they don't get Kyrie, they can still they can re-sign him. They have players that want to play there. You look at Boston. They're losing Kyrie. They're losing Al Horford. They didn't get Anthony Davis. Jason Tatum didn't uh regressed. Jalen Brown didn't uh regressed. And the and they, they <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on with Boston right now. Not even Boston. It's time to really start looking at Danny Ainge like, yo, you might have you lost this experiment, bro. Because things ain't really adding up. Things are not adding up at all. It, it's, 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 Boston is in a, in a bad spot right now. And going into next year with the team and roster that right now they have, especially with Al Horford not uh, re- reportedly not resigning with the team and Kyrie Irving pretty much good as gone, they're not even going to be in the middle of the pack next year. They better hope Jason Tatum has an out-of-body experience because right now it's looking hella bleak. Jesus. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So before I go to the unpopular topic of the week, I'm going to talk about the two draft picks, that the two sleepers. Or no, I'm going to talk about the worst draft pick of the entire night. And I'm going to talk about the best, to me, draft pick of the entire night outside of the lottery. And the lottery is pretty much 14 and, or 14 and up. So after that, 
I'm going to talk about the best, and I'm going to talk about the worst. To me, the best draft pick, or the worst, let me say, let me do that first. The worst draft pick of the 2000 and whatever, 2019, 2019 draft, outside of the lottery, outside of the lottery. Well, no, I'm not going to do that for this one because to me the worst draft pick was Cameron Johnson. Yes, again, I'm a North Carolina fan, but you could have got him any. You could have got him in the second. You could have got him in the second round, and you you reach. You do more than you, Michael Jordan, Space Jam reached at eleven to get him. Not to mention you traded. You traded that pick. You traded back to get him, and you could have traded back. You he would have been there the second round. You wasted a trade for Cameron Johnson. That is by far the worst pick of the draft. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. You know, another another candidate for worst pick could have been could have been the Heat at 13 picking Tyler Euro, not because he's a bad player or anything, but they need a lot more. They need a lot more than a, a shooter, and that's really all. Taliero. He don't play no defense. He's just a shooter. So that's that's that. But no, Cameron Johnson to me is the worst pick of the NBA 2019 draft. Now the best pick is. To me, it's, it's two. It's two picks. I'm, I know I'm cheating, but I don't really care. The Pistons picking Sekou, whatever the whatever the hell his last name is, them picking him at the Pistons picking him at 15 was really. He's one of the best um, foreign players. He probably is the best foreign player in the draft that actually played overseas. He's probably he's probably the best player. He's a scorer. He's long. He's athletic. He will be really good. He's he's another scorer. And he's a scorer on a team that only has one score in Blake Griffin. So they definitely needed a player like Sekou. So that, to me, was one of the best. And the second best, honestly, and, and it really depends on how he turns out, but is Bowl Bowl getting drafted uh, to the Denver Nuggets. The, the reason why he fell was because... You know, he has a he has the same injury I think that Yao Ming had in college. Now, yeah, Yao Ming was was physically bigger, but that's especially a foot injury from a player that's seven three is scary for teams. Now, do I think he should have dropped all the way to forty fourth? No, but I understand why he dropped. Also, a lot of teams were questioning his motor and everything, and if he wanted to get back, I don't I don't know about all that, but I understand why he fell. But I will say this, him getting drafted to Denver is one of the best things that could have happened to him and to me, the best pick in the draft because you have to you also you also have to look at who was on Denver. You have Paul Millsap who could come back. You have uh Jokic, you have uh Michael Porter Jr. who is scheduled to come back this year and he could win rookie of the year. You have J uh Jamal Murray, you have you, you have a lot of young Gary Harris. You have a lot of young players that can nurture him, and he will fit 
perfectly. He would have been a good pick for the Celtics. Of course, they didn't get him. But Bol Bol, if he matures and, and injuries aren't a problem, he was ranked top top five. So they have a possible top five player coming the same year as another uh, former top five player who was supposed to be number one was Michael Porter Jr. Denver is going to be exciting next year, man. That is going to be crazy. That so my to recap, my worst pick is Cameron Johnson. Especially where the where the hell he got picked. And there was a lot of contestants for worst pick. It could I picked Cameron Johnson, but like I said, it could have been Tyler Euro. It could have been Darius Garland due to the fact that they already had Colin Sexton, so they didn't really need him. But Cameron Johnson took the cake. And the best picks uh, were Pistons, um, Seku, Dem- however the hell you say his last name, Seku D, and um, Bobo. So with that being said, that's 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 how I saw the draft, man. God, I need Rory to be good. I need Hachimura to be good, man. Cause, oh man, I like the draft pick, but I only like it if it, if it, if it, if it, if it produces, man. He needs to produce. But uh, let me get. Let's get to the unpopular topic of the week. Welcome to the unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Un popular opinions to utter such blasphemy he's got the nerve the audacity the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense just blasphemy so as people know free agency is coming free agency starts next week or next weekend actually or this weekend so as i said before the nba is about to look real different man uh there's 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 some players that could stay there's some players that can go um, with them staying and going, like for instance, uh, there's a report that come out saying that Sixers might lose both Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. That's gonna do. That's gonna be a, a huge shift, and especially in the Eastern Conference. And wherever they go, it can be a huge shift in the Western Conference. So this is, I'm not gonna say one of the most exciting um, free agencies, but this free agency has the best talent in years. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a couple. I'm not going to talk about all the free agents, of course, but a couple best landing spots and worst landing spots for them. It's, of course, players are always going to be good, especially if they're great superstar players, but fit matters. And, and who you play with, who you play for matters. You've seen, we've seen time after time players go to wrong teams and they just end up not spanning or, or or end up in terrible situations. You see players go to right teams and flourish. Shit, look at Isaiah Thomas. On the right team, when he went to Boston until the injury, on the wrong team, when he went to Cleveland or got traded to Cleveland. So it's all, it's all about fit for a player. It's all about fit and and what is the best fit for you. So with that being said, let's let's start with, Let's start with Clay Thompson, and we're, we're gonna go. I'm not saying he's the worst, but we're gonna go up from there. It is obvious the best case scenario for Clay Thompson is staying with Golden State. They can pay him the most money. He he's the second member of the Splash Brothers. Why would you leave an organization where your beloved 
They want to, they're going they're thinking they're trying to sign you to a long-term contract. You're playing alongside a two-time MVP that is you're playing alongside Steph Curry who's already cemented there for for years, not to mention the legacy that you have. Klay Thompson's best option would be to play for Golden State. Like he he doesn't have to he doesn't have to create his own shot. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to put up 20, 30, 40 shots a game to win. He's in the perfect he can he's playing alongside uh Steph Curry and Draymond Green who both set him up perfectly. He would be crazy to go to I mean, he would be to me, the, I'm not going to say crazy, but the best case scenario for him would be uh, Golden State. Not to mention, he's coming off an ACL tear. And that's another That's another reason why I'm going to talk about Kevin Durant in a minute. But he gets to rehab with people that he knows. He gets to rehab with the same um, medical staff that he's, that's there. He doesn't have to travel. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, being the new person in a, in a, in a new team, in a new city, or a new state. He's he's already ingratiated and he, and and he knows the staff. So you get to rehab with people you know and and expectations aren't going to be that high for him because you know it, he's he's not the best player on the team. He's one of the most important but not the best. So Golden State to me would be the best case scenario for him. The worst case scenario for Klay Thompson, however, would be the New York Knicks. And I'm going to tell you why. It hasn't been proven. And I don't think, and to be completely honest, I don't think that Klay Thompson can can be the centerpiece of an, of an organization. I don't think he can be the best player on the organization. Not taken away from how good he is, but I don't think that he can be the best player. And coming going into the Knicks... That would also be bad because the Knicks expect to get players that are better than him. So if they get him, something went wrong. As in, they didn't get somebody that they thought they would get. So that already will will be unrest with the with the fans. Not to mention, you're going to a new organization, and the Knicks have been known to mess up situations. Good situations that are handed to them, they've been able, they've known to mess it up. So. I wouldn't want to go into a dysfunctional, turbulent team, especially coming off a torn ACL, and you're going to have to rehab. So fans can get upset, especially if, and Lord forbid, especially if something goes wrong during the healing process or rehab process, and you gotta you got to sit longer than expected. Hell, look at look at um John Wall. The whole city turned to him because of the whole bathroom incident in, in his house. You don't want that to happen to to Clay Thompson, especially in New York. They will kill this man, and or the, the reports start. You know, is he dedicated? You don't want that. You do not want that. So the best case scenario for Clay Thompson would be to stay with Golden State. The worst case would be to sign with the Knicks. Let's talk about let's talk about Jimmy Butler. I think. The best case for Jimmy Butler would be to stay with Philly. And I say that because you're in the East, which the East is a lot easier. You're not good enough to be the best player. You tried that in the bull, on the Bulls. It didn't work. You tried that. Um, you weren't the best player in Minnesota, even though you thought you were. 
that didn't work. You're not the best player, but you're playing alongside two of the uh, one of the young one of the best players in the league, and uh, Joel Embiid when healthy, and one of the up and both are, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are both young, rising players. You being on the Philly, the pressure isn't on you to to lead the team. Not to mention you're in the East. And you were, what, uh, four bounces away from beating Toronto, who ultimately won the championship, and making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, who, by the way, if you ask me, matched up a lot better with, um, matched up a lot better with the Bucks than they did with Toronto. So... I think Jimmy Butler should stay. The best the best place for him is to stay with Philly. On the contrary, the worst place for him to me to go will be the Los Angeles Clippers. Jimmy Butler it's already been proven. Jimmy Butler does not cannot be your superstar. That's not taken away from how talented he is, but he can't be a superstar. It didn't work for the Bulls. He it didn't work for Minnesota, and it ain't work. Uh, it, he's not the superstar for Philly. Going to Clippers, they expect you to. They 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 feel, which I believe they are. They're one superstar away from contending. Not to mention, if you get Jimmy Butler on a max contract, you're probably going to lose um, Lou Williams. You're probably going to lose Patrick Beverly. You're probably going to lose. Uh, Montrez Harold, and those are huge hits. Hell, Montrez Harold and Lou Williams is in the running for Sixth Man of the Year this year. You don't want Jimmy Butler to be a best player. You losing all that talent, especially with you know Shea Gilgis Alexander and a lot of young talent. Jimmy Butler is not the best player for that, and that's been that's been seen. We've 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 we that's been proven. So I think you stay where you're at. You're already getting familiar with the team. Y'all were, again, four bounces away from making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and you're in the East, where you have you have one of the best teams in the East if you stayed. And you have arguably one of the best players in the, in the entire NBA in the East in Joel Embiid. So that, to me, would be... The, for for Jimmy Butler, the best case scenario is just to stay with Philly, man. Develop with Philly. Hell, you never know. You can make, especially with Boston, uh, not not gonna be relevant to me next year. Um, and and a lot of flux, you know, flux in the East. I think you should just stay. And the worst case scenario is going to Clippers. Ex- them expecting you to be the best, <laughs> you to be the savior. That ain't that ain't going. That's not gonna happen. Let's talk about Kimball Walker. And this is this is tough for me. If we're talking about purely money, the best case scenario is to stay with Charlotte. They can pay you the most. Bada bing, bada boom. That money-wise, that would be the best. But I'm gonna talk about Charlotte to me as the worst. And you stay there, but the worst place to sign because it's already been proven they they can't. Or they haven't proven that they can build a team around you. You've been there for, what, seven years, I think? And you've only been to the playoffs, what, four? And you've missed the playoff. Like, 
the Charlotte is not a destination that a lot of players want to go to. It's not a luxurious destination, and it, that's been that's been proven. So why would you want to waste your soup? He has a chance to be a superstar, Kimball Walker. He's a he's a star. He's a all star, but he has a chance. Shit, he averaged 20, 26 points last year, and they didn't even come close to the playoffs. So. Money-wise, yeah, I see why Charlotte would be the best case. But I'm actually putting them at the worst case because they haven't proven. Michael Jordan has not proven that he can draw uh, uh, quality players to be with Kimball Walker. Which is why I think the best case scenario for him will to be is to go to Los Angeles. Lakers playing the best players he would ever have played against uh with would be LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Not to mention the Lakers are trying to get another max spot for a player like Kimball Walker and the Lakers need scoring and they need a point guard. Boom, insert Kimball Walker 26 points a game. Now of course he's not going to average 26 points with Anthony Davis and LeBron, but he's a player that can go get his own. So that that that's you know Kimball Walker alongside Braun and AD would be perfect for for him at least. So you know that Kimball Walker you don't know you don't know you don't know. Again, I, it's it's hard for me now. Of course, I don't make as much money as anybody in the NBA, <laughs> but I understand turning down. I mean, it would be tough turning down all that money that Charlotte can give him. But if you're trying to win. I don't see why you would want to go back to Charlotte because they haven't. And then the report came out saying he's willing to take less so they can build around him. They've proven that they can't build around you, bro. They haven't done a good job at all. So why are you trusting them now? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. Let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Oh, man. Kyrie single-handedly destroyed the Celtics' whole plan of the future. They thought they were going to they, – they, they, they got him in a trade. They thought he was going to resign. They thought they were going to get Anthony Davis. And they thought that, um, you know, every, everything was just going to align. Kyrie Irving then is miserable doing, miserable doing terrible interviews all year. Um, it's just, it, it, it doesn't work. So while I would say that the worst case or the worst place for Kyrie was to stay with Boston, to me, the worst case scenario for Kyrie would to be, would be to go back to LeBron James and go to LA because we've, we we remember Kyrie demanding a trade because he didn't want to play alongside LeBron James. Now that you have your own team in Boston and it didn't work at all, you it, it's gonna look, the optics are gonna be horrible. You going back to LeBron, like you're calling back, like I need you, LeBron. You know, style wise, it'll be great, but you're talking about legacy wise, that will be horrible for Kyrie Irving. So that's that new nope 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 nope. Um, that no. If I was Kyrie, I couldn't, I wouldn't even want to go back 
to play alongside somebody that I demanded a trade, especially somebody as good as LeBron that I demanded a trade. That's that's a bad look. Now, the best case would be, to me, New York, Knicks. Kyrie Irving has already shown that he can't, He I'm not going to say he can't, but he doesn't do well with teams that's already made. He, I think with, with Kyrie, you want to start from the ground up, him as the focal point, and just build pieces around him. The Celtics were, he was traded to the Celtics. I think you can start fresh with uh, Kyrie, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Mr. Robinson, and you'll still have money for another max player. If they get him or not, I don't know, but you still have money for an max player. And even if you don't get a max player, you can use that money for a lot of quality players, a lot of quality shooters, a lot of, uh, a lot of good players. But it would all circle around Kyrie. The problem with Boston is you try to put too many chefs in the kitchen. You try to put Kyrie with Gordon Hayward, who's an alpha, with um, uh, Jason Tatum, who's turned into an alpha, with Al Horford, who's not an alpha, but he's a quality player. You're trying to you try to put too many good chefs in the kitchen. And with Kyrie Irving starting in New York, I think that that will you can clearly say that that would be his best to me position is to they build around you and i think that's what they need now again i i don't think he can um he can go back to lebron and and i think that i I think that his he he completely burned the bridge. Um with um uh Boston, but you know, we'll see. We will definitely see. Uh the again, the best case for me with Kyrie is go to New York, Knicks. And the worst case is to go to LA. Now we talk about the two heavy hitters. The injury to KD is a pendulum swing and a and a momentum swing for a lot of teams in free agency. It's a momentum swing for him. It's a momentum swing for Golden State. It's a momentum swing for the Clippers, for uh, New York Knicks, um, Brooklyn Nets. All the teams that thought they had a shot with uh, with KD, you don't know. This injury, while I think he's going, he's going to come back and he's gonna he's gonna be as well. I don't know, I don't know as good as he was, but he's still going to be a top player in the league. And when healthy, he is the best player in the league to me. This free agency and this injury. Going into the free agency, Kevin Durant was the get. Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard were the gets. They were, if you got them, you won free agency. Now, I still think that you won free agency if you get Kevin Durant, but you don't have him next year. Cause he's, he, and now teams are going to start thinking, okay, do I want to, yes, you'll still get max offers, but do, do I want to sit out, do I want to have him but not have him for a year? And as Kevin Durant, and, and there's been reports that Golden State can sign him and trade him. As Kevin Durant, I wouldn't want another team which I wouldn't be there or I'm not going to be there having control. Because what if they trade him to, like, 
to like, um, I don't know. What if they trade him to Milwaukee or something? Oh, no, that'd be crazy. What if they traded him to Phoenix or something? Like, I wouldn't want a team that I am not staying with have control over my destiny. That's just not what I want to do. Shit, we saw with um, Paul George, while that worked out for him in the long run, he demanded to be traded to Lakers. He got traded to OKC, you know? Hell, uh, Ka Kawhi Leonard demanded to be traded to L.A. He got traded to Toronto. So, of course, it works out for them in the long run, but you don't know. With KD, I wouldn't want, not saying Golden State would be, you know, grimy like that, but Golden State's going to, once you give them control, they're going to do what's best for them. So I wouldn't want that. I, I don't think you should have that, um, give them that power. But with that being said, I think the best place for Kevin Durant to, to go in free agency is Golden State. That's because if they, they, they fit all the boxes but one. You have the medical staff that you know. That you know um, so you don't have to worry about knowing a new medical staff and all that. They can pay you the most money and when healthy. They're the best team in the league, and, and one of the they're, they're still a dynasty and one of the historically best teams we've ever seen. The NBA, to me, basketball is about winning. The basketball is about trying to win a championship, and you have the best uh, best chance to win a championship with Golden State. Now, if you want the whole legacy thing, then yeah, you might not want to. You might not want to. You might want to go somewhere else and try to win there. But at the end of the day. 10, 20, 30 years from later, we're going to look at, damn, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant went to another team, and it wasn't his team, and he's a snake. Or we're going to look at Kevin Durant as, Kevin Durant is one of the greatest players to ever play, and he has three, four, five championships. They always talk about asterisks and championships, but I'd rather have an asterisk championship than not have a championship at all, if you ask me. So to me... You're able to rehab there. You're able to be with people that you know, and you're able to be in an organization that you know. And you're still, when healthy, you, KD, I mean, you, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Draymond Green might not even be there, but you, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, those three are still one of the most lethal duo trios in NBA history. So that, to me, would be great. The worst place for him to go and especially the worst place for his legacy would be to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. You don't, for the longest, Kevin Durant has always said, I don't want to be second. I don't want, I want to be the best. I don't want to be in anybody's shadow. You will most definitely be in LeBron James's shadow. And you'll, you'll have the perception of, perception of, oh, he jumped and tried to be with LeBron um, because he couldn't do it alone. You already had that possession with Steph Curry, but it'll be a hell of a lot worse. You do that with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You're trying to be better than LeBron James. You said it, you've come out and said that. And it will be a horrible look for him to, to go to L.A. and play with LeBron. And now people's like, okay, well, I guess he, he's, tired, he's not tired of being number two because he's always going to be number two to LeBron and this, that, and third. <laughs> to, to me, that would be the worst case scenario would would be for Kevin Durant to go to Golden State. I mean, go to uh, L.A. 
And the best case scenario for me would be for him to stay with Golden State, get that five-year contract, uh, 200 whatever million, and rehab with them for a year, and hoop, go get, go get uh, maybe another ring or two. I think that's the best case scenario. Me, I'm thinking of it as you want to win as many championships as possible because, shit, not everybody even makes it to a damn championship. You know what I mean? So you're able to – you have the best trio, best shoot, definitely to me best shooting trio of all time, but one of the best all-time trios in the league. Nigga, you, you go do that. and You, you going to leave that to go to dysfunctional New York or Brooklyn who – you don't know if you're going to win or not. The Clippers, where you could win, but you don't know because the West is still tough. Like, I would stay with Golden State. And lastly, we got Kawhi Leonard. You coming off a championship. Um, <laughs> to me, the best, it, it, it's, it's, <sighs> It's, it's tough with Kawhi Leonard, man, because the best, the best case scenario for me could be two places. It could be L.A. because you've wanted to be L.A. Clippers. It could be L.A. Clippers because you wanted to be in L.A. You're from L.A. Um, every all, all the reports are saying that you want to be in L.A. They're pretty much one superstar away from contending, as we saw with them making the playoffs and, and, and having a hard-fought series with Golden State round one. We see that they're like one superstar, one player away. So with them, with uh, Kawhi Leonard, I think that'll put them over the top, or at least definitely in contention. And Kawhi Leonard staying with Toronto, I mean, you just won a championship. Uh, they can bring back most, if not all, the players. You can try to run it back again. You are the best player to me in Toronto history, especially right now. You brought them their first championship. Um, you get free everything, free living, free food for the rest of your life. Like Kawhi Leonard is a is a Toronto legend. You have a whole country behind you in Toronto, and to me that'll be hella hard. To shit, Toronto, that'll be hella hard. You're better than Vince Carter. That'll be hella hard for me to leave that. So it's it's tough. Like, do you want to be at home? And, and, and be in nice sunny weather, if that's the case, go to the Clippers. And that's a great scenario. That's a great, great, great place for him to be, especially with the structure that they have now. Or do you want the, do you want the love of a whole country and you being a legend in the country and you being the best player the country's ever had and being the best player in the East uh, even with Giannis, as we've seen, Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the East, and you have another opportunity and another chance, and maybe several chances to to compete for another championship. So the best, for, it, again, it's tough for Kawhi Leonard because the best case scenario would either be Toronto or Clippers. The worst case scenario, kind of like Kevin Durant, would be the Los Angeles Lakers. Kawhi Leonard is too good to play second or third fiddle to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Kawhi Leonard, as we clearly can, have clearly seen, can be the um, centerpiece of a team and needs and should be the centerpiece of a team. And he won't be alongside LeBron James. I don't care how many years LeBron James has. He's not going to be the centerpiece. He's not going to be the centerpiece. Well, he probably will be the centerpiece of Anthony Davis, but it's like a 1A, 1B. It's not a 1 and 2 like it is with uh, Toronto or it would be for the Clippers. 
they'll be jockeying for position. And I think Kawhi Leonard is too good to be playing, and, and KD is too good to be playing second fiddle to anybody. So the Lakers, to me, would be the worst-case scenario for Kawhi Leonard, like the worst possible place. Um, and, again, man, free agency, is it starts, next, it starts on Saturday, I believe, and it's, it's, it's exciting because we don't – free agency, this free agency, especially this year, is going to determine so much about the future of the NBA. Hell, Kevin Durant could stay. Kawhi Leonard can stay. That still alters the trajectory of not only their team but so many other teams. Where would Kawhi Leonard go? I mean, uh, where would Kyrie go? Where would uh, Jimmy Butler go? Where would Tobias Harris go? Where will uh, DeMarcus Cousins go? There's so many pieces. Kimball Walker, there's so many pieces and storylines and moves that can change the NBA and change players' lives for the rest of their careers and the rest of their team's history. So starting Saturday, man, it's going to be crazy. And especially with the – I always thought free agency should be before the draft because I think the draft plays a huge part in free agency, and I don't think it should. I think uh, vice versa. I think that the free agency should play a huge part in the draft, but it is what it is. This free agency is going to be crazy, man. It really is. It really is. Um, I usually end with a game of the week, but I didn't. Um, I ain't been watching baseball, so I'm just keeping a stack with you. Oh, um, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I right, what I'm going to do, because I know that there is a really good WNBA game this week, and I'm not going to disrespect the WNBA. So I'm still going to, you know what, let me get to my game of the week. Game. Blouses. Bitch, your game. I call game. Respect the game. It's game time. It play no games. It's the game of the week. Play the game. My game of the week is actually going to be Thursday, um, Thursday, June 27th, 10.30 p.m. The Los Angeles or Las Vegas Aces goes up against the Los Angeles Sparks. Um, the Vegas is the new, young, exciting team. You got uh, Liz Cambridge. I think I said her name wrong again. But you got her. You got Asia Wilson. You got Kelsey Plum. You got a lot of young, great talent, and they're they they've been playing great this year, actually. And then you have Los Angeles Sparks, who have the Abumake sisters. You have Candace Park. You have you have that's a legacy team right there, pretty much. And both teams are exciting. Both teams have been playing good this year, especially the Aces. And that is the premier game. I mean, shit, it's 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 the only game on Thursday. So. I th- that is a game to watch. <clears throat> Shouts out to my Mystics. They've been, I think they currently right now they've won about three or four straight. So shouts out to them. But the game of the week to me is Thursday, June twenty seventh, uh, ten thirty p.m. The Los Angeles Aces against the La- I mean, whoa, the Las Vegas Aces against the Los Angeles Sparks. Yeah, there you have it, man. That is that is my episode, man. I appreciate everybody's watching. Uh, I really hope Yuri, Shuchimar, whatever the hell his name is. I hope he pans out, man. But this has been the Unpopular Podcast with your boy Jalen. I appreciate you watching. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate however you get this. You, you 
being receptive to it. Um, in the comments, tell me, tell me your thoughts on the draft, man. Tell me who you think uh, will be the biggest free agent to leave. Tell me your best landing spots for some for for some free agents, and your worst landing spots for some free agents. Um, just talk, man. You, you have the comments wherever the hell you listen to it. Just just hit me up, and I'll, and I'll definitely engage in conversation. I appreciate y'all listening. Don't forget, Thursdays is, no, yeah, Thursdays is um, Unpopular Questions, where I answer you guys' questions. I appreciate everyone that continues to send me questions. Uh, I, I don't answer all of them, but I do get all of them. And, of course, they can roll over every episode, so shit, you don't know. So continue to send your questions. That's Thursday at 9 o'clock. Thursday at 9 o'clock, that's when I drop Unpopular Questions. Again, right now, this is the Unpopular uh, Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening, and until next time, much love. It's hard as hell for a young Florida boy where we play football and sell dope, man. Gold rims and sticks, seven trays, no tops, dead candy paints, yo. Gold rims, good dope, make a wonderful summer. Heard I was a genius with come to the numbers Do it for the young father still signing the lease And all the hustlers who got something in common with me If I got the keys, then it's a car I'ma keep When I line them up, they say I remind them of me Shootouts in Miami, can't spend no time on the beach Do or die, get up like I got a honey key Border to Florida, she fell in love with lobster Can I bend the corner with a couple drops? Get your money, let's reward ourselves. Life for testing every day, we got so much to fail. Right. Told you the world was yours, now you in the cell. Center of attention, now you by yourself. Always did the shopping, now you on the shelf. Next time you see your daughter, better heart and melt. Pray for your niggas if can't do nothing else. Pray you see the bigger picture, look at mama health. Yeah. Wake up, nigga, wake up. Lay down the top, nigga, that's your pay stuff. It's hard as hell for this Florida boy. I know you, boy. Home of young niggas killing with no remorse. Uh, with no remorse. Yeah. Home of young niggas killing with no remorse. Yeah. Bitch, I'm a Florida boy. Seven threes to them AMGs. Now we rolling bars. Rolling bars, yeah. Yeah, my mama raised me. FLA paid me. I beat all of them cases. I'm on. Yeah. Bitch, I'm a Florida boy. Ooh. Old school, big ass rims, sit like talk guitars. Sidelines can't be switching up like I'm Ray Lewis. For the young niggas watching, I'm rocking my jewelry. Turn it into franchises as you're maturing. Johnny Dang seen a lot of change. Substituted for them days, I miss my father's face. Wake up, nigga, wake up. All these politicians need their face cut. Beefing with niggas you went to school with. Easter Sunday at church, prayed in the pool pit. I'm rocking rollers with homies I made some moves with. Or buying homes with the roadies we told the tools with. Quit acting funny, get money, and fuck some new chicks. Hug it, buried with niggas you broke the rules with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitch, I'm a Florida boy. Seven threes to them AMGs, now we rolling bars. Rolling bars, yeah. Yeah, my mama raised me. FLA paid me. I beat all of them cases. I'm on. Yeah. Bitch, I'm a Florida boy. Ooh. Old school, big ass rims, sit like talk guitars. Got it.
Why they hate no nigga? I just keep on winning. Call me a flatterbird. My bitch will pull up in the Chevy. You can't keep up with her. Call me a flatterbird. You ain't gon' hit me for no leg, bitch. I keep it on me. Call me a flatterbird. Yeah. I'm down by myself, but I'm never lonely. Oh, no, boy. Yeah. See, I ain't really finna have remorse for you. This ain't a Maybach, but my all the AACs go way back. They go way back. That is on the cut, this I'm a golden acre world. Living like the old cheese slime peanut butter. Nigga gotta eat, I'm talking to the last supper. I'm joining this motherfucker, putting mad numbers up. Project Baby Street Life, what I'm a customer. Yeah, that's what I'm accustomed to Boy, my young boy come charge when he run to you Lean over there in public houses like we growing too But it's still a struggle, so you can't get too comfortable Cause niggas see that money coming and they try to come for you But they don't know that this famous shit mean none to you Still keep a gun or two and I still dump the truth Crawl before I walk, started running, then I fucking flew Living like the hustle was, but still eating lunch and boo Yeah, and we ain't even need a chorus We do this shit for Florida Tri-Kinda. I love Tri-Kinda, but I hate everybody. That part.